welcome to the latest episode of Discast. Today I will be highlighting the first major full-length animated picture Walt Disney ever produced. The intro to the golden age of Disney, the film that effectively saved his bacon when he was struggling to keep the company afloat, the film that, without it, we probably wouldn't even have animated movies as we know them today, let alone the Disney Corporation. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, based on the fairy tale by the Brothers Grimm. Now, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was a project Walt wanted to undertake for at least half his life. The earliest exposure to the tale was when he was a young boy and being told bedtime fairy tales by his grandmother. Walt first watched a silent film version of Snow White in 1917, and that experience stuck with him ever since. Finally, one day in the early 30s, Walt handed his animators some pocket money and told them all to go across the street of the Disney studio at the time and get a fancy lunch, then come back to one of the sound stages. When they all returned, Walt was standing in the middle of the soundstage, a single spotlight shining right on him. He asked his animators to have a seat in front of him, and he pitched them his idea for a full-length animated feature film. He then acted out almost the entirety of what we now know as Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. He had the whole film in his head. He performed voices, acted out scenes. He performed for at least an hour to his animators who just sat there dumbfounded. It didn't take much to convince everyone to get on board. Walt was obviously very passionate about this project, and the staff had faith in Walt. After all, he was the genius behind Mickey Mouse. Walt went into this project with a sense of innovation. He knew he wanted to do things differently to how they normally were done in terms of animated films. Aside from the fact that it was longer than the standard 8 to 10 minutes, much longer, he wanted to change how the writing was done. He wanted to have a focus more on character and actual storytelling rather than just gimmicks and gags. This is also the first film to incorporate the use of the revolutionary multiplane camera. Now, in order to get the animation just right, Walt used his Silly Symphony series as a testing ground for various techniques. The big thing the animator struggled with was trying to make the animated character movements more believable. Walt wanted a more realistic look to this new cartoon, and the standard cartoonesque style just wasn't cutting it. In the animated short, Goddess of Spring, the animators tried making the human character more real, but it just wasn't happening. So to solve this problem, Walt and the studio started bringing in live actors to perform various parts for the animators to watch and mimic. This helped the animators greatly and gave us that realistic style that we now know. He also brought in various vaudeville actors wearing different types of clothing to see how clothes would move. The animators were also incorporating the use of 3D models to see depth perception and how the characters would move throughout the space. The dwarves were also a fun challenge. Up until that point, the depiction of fairy tale dwarves were all very simple. They all looked the same. But, in keeping with the idea of realism, Walt wanted the seven to each be individualized so they were easier to relate to and emphasize with. Up until that point, the depiction of fairy tale dwarves was all very simple. They all looked the same. But in keeping with this idea of realism, Walt wanted the seven to each be individualized so they were easier to relate to and empathize with. Many different names were used until the landing of the seven that we now know today. Can you name all seven dwarves without looking them up? Tweet me your answer at cast underscore diz. Some of the names that they went through were things like flabby, sneezy wheezy, lazy, cranky, awful, weepy, and many, many, many more. Snow White wasn't the only first full-length animated picture. It was also the first animated musical. Walt wanted the music and songs to elevate the film and connect in a way that wasn't jarring or would remove you from the film. He wanted the music and songs to sit on their own merit. During the audition process, Walt used a technique called blind auditioning in which Walt never actually saw who was auditioning for the various parts. All he heard was their voices. He set up a small radio in his office and from there would listen to the different auditioners. In comes Adriana Casalotti. Knowing Walt wanted an actress younger than her 18-year-old self for the role of Snow White, she purposefully put on a falsetto voice while auditioning for the role. 
Now, story-wise, this film went through some editing, as adaptations usually do. For example, Walt actually changed how the evil queen would, quote-unquote, kill Snow. In the original fairy tale, the evil queen, disguised as an old peddler woman, visited Snow three times. First, to give her corset laces, in which Snow tried them on, but passed out due to suffocation because the queen tightened them too tight. Second, to comb Snow's hair, but the comb was poison. And the third was what Walt decided to keep, which was to give Snow White a poisoned apple. Walt felt that the repeat visitations would be redundant in a film. He also decided to give the seven dwarves individual personalities, which was also very different from the original story. There was also some editing done during the creation of the film as well. For example, there's a fun sequence that was deleted from the final product in which the dwarves all sit down to have the soup that Snow White prepared for them. In it, you can see how the animators took liberties with how each of the dwarves expressed themselves and how they each individually would eat their bowl of soup. This musical sequence, titled Music in Your Soup, sadly didn't work for Walt. He felt it interrupted the flow of the story too much, and he ultimately made the decision to remove it altogether. So the film was not without its controversy and struggle, other than the fact that Walt and his brother-slash-partner Roy were pouring every last dime they had into the film, they had to go back to the bank to get a loan for the quarter of a million dollars that was needed to finish the film. They found their salvation in Joe Rosenberg. Walt took Joe into his private screening room and showed him an incomplete version of the film, hoped and prayed that that would be enough to convince the bank to further the loan. It was three months before the premiere, and everything was riding on this. After watching the unfinished product, Joe just said, you've got something special here, Walt, and gave him the money he needed. Externally, Hollywood as a whole didn't exactly have a whole lot of faith in Walt and his new endeavor. It would be known as Disney's Folly. Who would sit through a full-length animated film? The colors would hurt their eyes, they'd get bored of the cartoon gags, people would walk out because of sheer boredom. Production was getting a bit too much for Walt, so he and his wife Lillian, his brother Roy, and Roy's wife all went to Europe to escape the stress of creating the film. It was in Paris that Walt would have his faith renewed in his desire to make a full-length animated film. In a movie theater in Paris, he and his brother Roy went and watched a string of Mickey cartoons stitched together into a full-length feature film. It was all the proof that Walt needed to know that he was on the right track with Snow White. Finally, it was time to crack down and get the movie done. It was down to the wire. Not a single cell, drawing, or scene was approved until Walt personally checked it. Here is a fun fact regarding the ink and paint process of Snow White. Here's a fun fact regarding the ink and paint process of Snow White. After the ink liners were done, tracing the animators' pencil drawings onto celluloid sheets, they went to the paint department where women would hand paint each of the cells corresponding to the color tests that were done beforehand. Now, color was very important to Walt and the Disney chemists custom mixed all the various colors for the characters and backgrounds. In total, 1,500 shades were used to paint the 1 million drawings used to make the film. The women of the ink and paint department also took some liberties with Snow herself. Real rouge and makeup was used to give Snow her rosy cheeks that we all recognize so well. With each gag the animators submitted, Walt gave them each a $5 bonus, the equivalent to $50 today. It literally came down to a final scramble four days before the premiere. Then, finally, on December 21st, 1937, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs premiered at the Carthay Circle Theater in Los Angeles, California. The who's who of Hollywood elite attended this premiere. Shirley Temple, Marlena Dietrich, just to name a few. After everyone entered the theater, all Walt could do was sit and wait. This was the moment he was waiting for. And after a while, he was able to finally relax. People laughed at the gags, were wowed by the animation, cried during the sad parts, and at the end, Walt was met with a standing ovation. It was over, and it went better than Walt could ever have imagined. Movie-related merchandise was available the day the film opened to the public in February of 1938, distributed by RKO Radio Pictures. 
dolls, toys, even ladies' fashions were influenced by the film. It was also the first film soundtrack ever released on Phonograph Records. Snow White cost Disney $1.4 million. It grossed $418 million. After inflation, that's over $2 billion today. Snow White was such a success that not only was he able to fully pay off his debts caused by the production of the film, he had enough money in the bank to break ground on what would be known as the Walt Disney Burbank Studios. Without Snow White, I don't think Disney as a company would have survived to become what it is today. Snow White was nominated for the Oscar for Best Musical Score. Because there was no formal category for animated feature at the Oscars yet, which obviously he would have won, Walt won an honorary Oscar that consisted of one normal-sized statue and seven small ones next to it on a descending stair. He was presented this award by Shirley Temple herself. Now, there is, of course, a ride at Disneyland dedicated to Snow White, located in Fantasyland. It's called Snow White's Scary Adventure, and was an original ride that opened with Disneyland back in 1955. It has, of course, since gone through some updates and renovations, but the story is basically the same. Sitting in a minecart, you pass through various scenes that were taken directly from the film. You see animatronics depicting the various characters as you go through until you come out the other side celebrating Snow's happy ever after. Snow White is also a walk-around character in the parks that you can, of course, interact with. Without Snow White, what we know as the animated feature film probably wouldn't exist. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs paved the way for animated feature films and for other films as well. Without it, for example, MGM would never have greenlit The Wizard of Oz. Snow White made film history, and I firmly believe it'll stand the test of time as one of the most important animated films in history. I rewatched Snow White for the podcast, and I must say, the film definitely holds up. While some of the subject matter may be questionable, i.e. the fact that Snow only met the prince once and suddenly he's the love of her life, I really enjoyed everything else. The animation is gorgeous and timeless. The sequences are fun and engaging. You really do connect with the characters. I found myself actually getting choked up at points. The transformation sequence that the queen undergoes is spectacular. The character development of Grumpy, I think, is super cute and endearing. The songs are, of course, timeless. It's all in all a very heartwarming film. One thing I didn't notice until rewatching it as well was how the queen and the old hag she transforms into, while the same person, are basically two different characters. I highly recommend a rewatch of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs if you haven't seen it in a while. Well, I hope you enjoyed this short uh, but latest episode of the podcast. I look forward to covering more of our favorite Disney films, and I hope to get some feedback from you all as well. You can always reach me on Twitter at cast underscore Diz. That's cast underscore Diz. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and I look forward to chatting with you all again next time. Cheers. Cheers.